Okay, our learning today is Lazakos Adam Yoshua ben Avraham coincides to have much bracha v'atzlacha, and also dedicated by Reb David Levin for the soldiers in Israel and the safety and security of the Jewish people worldwide. We are going to talk about a, a question that sometimes comes up and hopefully doesn't ever need to come up uh, in the future about a, a sofer who, after at some point, has developed either a very bad reputation, an ill reputation, or maybe showing signs of lack of uh, observance uh, and the like. The question would be, do, how do we uh, deal with stuff that they wrote, mezuzahs and tfun, can we use it, or the like, say for Torah? So a very quick, um, just a couple points to go through the Gemara in Erovin. And Daf Yud Gimel Medalov tells us, Rabbi Meir said, he says, when I came to by Rabbi Yishmo and I said, he, he said to me, he says, Bini, my son, Ma what is your work? So I said, he said, Rabbi, Rabbi Meir responded to him, I'm a lavler, a lavler means a sofer. So he responded, Bini, my son, be careful. Be careful with your work. For your work is Balecha Shamayim. Your work is the work of heaven. And it goes on to say over there, because if you, you, you miss letters or add letters or something where you write it wrong, that could destroy worlds. And the idea behind it is it's a very important point. Thus, we see that this is a very, very morally conscious type of work that we have to constantly work in. It's, it's, a, it's also called a clay kodesh, work of holiness. So it's very, very high-level responsibility involved. There is a general idea that we say that most people that work in a specific type of work are probably knowing what they do. They probably are experts in what they do. So, I, you know, it goes without saying that every sofer needs to have a qualifications like certification, just like anybody who works in anything, they need to, like, learn it properly. And there's a lot of halachas, there's a lot of things that need to be known and there's a lot of level of Yerushimayim that needs to be had by a sofer, either if they make tefillin or they fix it or check it or, or they write. There's a, there's a very high level of requirements and, and achrayis, responsibility, they need to have. So Rav Vosner, he was one of the great poskin um, in, in the whole Torah, in all the fields of Torah, but, but he also was well-known particularly for his, his halachic rulings in the fields of Stam, Sefer Torah, Tefillin, and Mezuzahs. He passed away uh, a few years ago. He was from B'nai Brak. And he writes in a tshuva, and I'll maybe mention this tshuva more than once, in Sinchelik Zion, chapters, uh, uh, volume 7, Simon 165, he writes that we don't use the rule that nowadays most sofrim that are involved in writing Sefer Torah, Tefillin, and Mezuzahs are experts, that most are majority, most must be, must be uh, assumedly good, even though that generally we would follow that assumption halachically, but nowadays we can't just take that as a blind rule that we have to assume is the case. In fact, not. We also follow the Magin Avram, Magin Avram commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, uh, in Simon Lamed Tess, 39, th- 13, uh, uh, in Orchaim, he writes that his sofer needs a reputation of muchzak bekashus, that he has to have a status quo of ko- a kosher reputation. In other words, 
it's not enough that we just don't have a bad reputation on him. In other words, the guy we have to assume is from, right? That's a starting point. He keeps Shabbos, he keeps mitzvahs, he eats kosher, etc., right? So is that enough? Or you need more than that? So the Magen of Ram and the post can follow Magen of Ram in this is that you, it's not enough just to be that he's assumedly a from person according to what looks on your eyes. He actually, he has to be muhsab kashas. The person has to have an outstanding reputation. In other words, it's not, in other words, a person might say, as long as I don't have any knowledge that he's doing, uh, you know, doesn't keep kosher, doesn't do this or that, then I think he's okay. No, you need to know that he keeps kosher, you need to know that he puts on tefillin, and you need to know the talis, and, and he keeps the, the halachas himself. That's what muqsa b'kashas is required for a sofer. So, there's also another very interesting um, a uh, thing I will quote from the Kol Yaakov. Kol Yaakov was the same author of the, uh, it was Reb Chaim Seifer. He wrote the Kafa Chaim and the like. So he wrote a book on Safras. So he quotes the Imre Shefer. And, he, and the Imre Shefer says that a sofer who writes properly, and he has a high level of Yer Shemaim, a fear of heaven, then even though his writing is not as fancy as another sofer, and the other sofer uh, has a nicer writing, but is showing apparently has less fear of heaven. So he says, who should you go by? The sofer, the mezuzah, or that has a nicer looking writing, but the sofer has less fear of heaven, or the one who has not as nice writing, although for sure kosher, and, and the letters are written properly, it just doesn't look, you know, as aesthetic as the other one. Who should you choose? And he says, you have to go after the one who has higher level Yerushalayim. Again, assuming that both of them are anyways kosher. That's not the question. Is one maybe kosher, one's not? No, no, we know for sure they're both kosher. It's just that one has even higher level Yerushalayim. Who should you choose? He says, choose the one with Yerushalayim. Even though that general, yeah, we have a rule of Zekele van Veyu, that we should glorify Hashem with our mitzvahs and the like, but part of the glorification of mitzvahs is also that uh, the sofer should have Yerushalayim. And he quotes a, 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 a pasuk in the book of Shmuel, in um, Shmuel Aleph, in Perak 16, Pasuk Zayin, and it says, Ki ha'adam This is about David and Melech. Why, you know, not everyone thought that David was so great, or particularly his brothers looked better than him, and they would be the best future king. So Shmuel says, Ki ha'adam The person can only judge by what they see with their eyes, what's visible to the eyes. That's how they define what seems to be best, what Hash, well, Hashem sees into the heart. And that's what the Poskim say, that if it's about the Yerushamayim of one sofer is better than the other, then you should go after the Yerushamayim. Okay. The Kol Yaakov also quotes from the Simla Chadasha, which is a book more on the laws of her Shochet. That Shochet needs to, in addition to his required qualifications, he needs to be knowledgeable and know how to learn Torah, including Talmud with Rashi, so that his heart that understands to be careful in his ways and that he sh- they should be fixed, and, and so should be by the sofer. So the sofer has to be a person who enjoys to learn, he can learn, and the like, not just someone who can write, or something like that, and maybe pass the test once upon a time. Okay, so now, the question that we'll discuss, a very complicated question, I'm not coming here to make any halachic rulings, everyone should just understand that hopefully the question never comes up, but once in a while, when it does come up, we, we will appreciate the, 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 the ideas behind the arguments, how to look at things. But uh, we'll, here's the question. The sofer who was writing seemingly was kosher and the like and uh, re- developed with time a tainted reputation. 
Uh, it could be in one of two possible ways. Either and the person became non-religious uh, altogether. You know, like they say, Chazar uh, uh, he he started to have questions or something. Maybe or or that there was maybe even he looks religious and stuff, but there was some chasrasham circulating rumors or people who say that he was acting improperly with someone he's not allowed to marry or the like. So what do we do? I mean, now obviously, if this was knowledge to us before he was writing, there's no question you can't use it. The question was that this came up at some point later, and he wrote this mezuzah, he wrote this tefillin. It was three years ago before we knew about all these things, should we also be concerned with this tefillin or mezuzahs or Sefer Torah or the like? I mean, there is another question where you have some sofrim who were selling uh, stuff where it was fraudulent, and that's another question I won't really go into. Okay. Often people that sell are not necessarily, they don't write or have necessarily knowledge, and that's, a, that's something that you have to make sure it's something you're comfortable with. It is, as we said in the last recording, if a person really just bought from someone who's an expert and they trust them and, 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 they, and that person is a proven expert and they say, look, I, I bought from a proven expert who can testify. I mean, in theory, that should be enough. But, you know, how many hands does it go through? You know, be careful about that. That's another topic we really won't get into. So if the sofer will call and became a mumer, he, he, he removed the yoke of heaven from himself or the like. Is his tefillin or mezuzah going to be kosher, at least the stuff that he did previously? So the poskim discuss a question as to how to treat the kosher status of a shochet who later became a mumer or was discovered as selling trefa meat that he did not slaughter or check properly. The argument would be, do we invalidate only from the time of discovering the problem or do we assume that the problem existed beforehand? And anyone who wants to look this up they can look in the Pischei Tshuva, that's in, um, it's a super commentary on the Shulchan Aruch, in Yoredea, the first Simon, Simon Aleph of Yoredea, Sivkaten He. He brings there the Shach who holds that we would validate the meat that the Shochet did previously. Okay, now he's a mummer, now he's this, now, but, but you know, now he was, he, he, he did terrible sins, but before that he didn't, to our knowledge, and we assumed he was kosher, because that's what appeared to everyone that knew him. So therefore, previous meat would be kosher. Whereas the view of the Taz and the Tfuashor, which is another very, fam- uh, very famous uh, posik on the laws of for Shochet, they hold that we should invalidate the previous meat of such a Shochet if um, such a terrible discovery was made on him. The Pesche Tshuva also brings other poskim who want to differentiate between if the sin of the, sofer, uh, the Shochet was brazen, spiteful work, he was purposely doing it wrong, then we could say from the time of the discovery or from the time that he, will call it fried out, that's when we want to invalidate him. But prior shechita we should maybe be more lenient about. And there would be a difference between that and between just laziness. He's not checking his knife. He's not checking the animal probably saying it's all good or something. We're there, we would say, well, if the laziness was only discovered now, maybe it existed before and just no one caught him. Where laziness, people can be more uh, righteous in their eyes and think that they're not doing anything wrong. And there, we should even be more concerned for previous stuff that wasn't known to us. Okay, so now let's go back to the case with the shochet. Uh, I'm sorry, we talked about the shochet. Let's talk about now the sofer. The sofer now, he was developed, he, he had some you know, bad stuff that was 
discovered on him now. Maybe he just openly became unobservant or the like. But before that, we, we didn't have those indicators. So can we use the stam? So there's really two ways how we could look at this. On one hand, we have hashta di isra. Right now, and that's the lesson in the Ramah and elsewhere, or Hashulchan uses this expression. Right now, the sofer is bad. Now he went bad, but before that, we didn't have that knowledge. And lechora, uh, seemingly, it should be enough. It should be enough to be able to rely on him. We find that the Aruch HaShulchan in Simen 2.81 in Yoridea, uh, Sif uh, 9, that's what he wants to say. That, you know, Hashtadis, where we can assumably say that the Sofer, according to the letter of law, whatever was done prior was kosher. However, there the Aruch HaShulchan was not so inclined that we should be so certain that we have to follow that rule, particularly in his times, which, I, as I mentioned, really in the beginning of the 1900s, it depends where. Each country depends where, you know, in certain places they, they had like, you know, conservative starting or this or that, where there was a big moral decline. And then, you know, depending on the circumstances, we'd have to look into it and make a proper decision. So, but, but in theory, if we don't have any indicators to say otherwise, we could say right now is where the problem started, not before. And therefore, he had cheskas kashras beforehand. He had, assumably, he was kosher before. So we could rely on that. There's also, um, you know, another point, which is why, if, if the, the writing in the mezuzah or the servitor looks good in our eyes. So now what are we going to say? Until then, we knew he was keeping Shabbos and mitzvahs. Why should we invalidate it? So you're going to say maybe he had some bad thoughts and when he would come to Hashem's name, he purposely wouldn't verbally say, I'm writing for the sake of Hashem, L'shem Tushas Hashem, or something like that. Well, why should we needlessly assume it, it's not a big deal just to do it kosher? Why should he purposely want to mess people, you know, ruin their, their, their stuff? So it, it would be hard to say as a, a concrete, uh, concrete rule to say that it would be no good. Um, and, and we find there's, there's tshuvas. For example, we find by the Chassam Seifer. He also basically in, in, in Orchaim, volume one, Simen Zayin, he, he also draws this distinction that right now what looks to be in front of our eyes looks good. Previ- what we found out about him now we don't want to use, but previously stuff that looks good, in, in theory we should be able to rely on it. And if you look in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, Simen Lamed Tes, Sif Aleph, he also basically says that um, if, a, if a person just started to not keep mitzvahs because he has a desire to, you know, to do something and it's, it's not because he's spiteful against Hashem, so that could be he's just a regular mumer for his own personal desires, but he's not re- interested to mess around and make other people's stuff no good. And um, we follow, in principle, we follow the view of the, the by Siosef and others that say if a person just transgresses a certain of area, not Shabbos, not not Avodazar, not the big ones, not Gilei Arias, but the some something where you know he's not careful, maybe what he did here or there, he you know maybe looks something he shouldn't be looking at, and then he felt bad afterwards, or who knows. So it could be that that's not enough to invalidate a sofer, although obviously that's not something we want to have for our sofer, but. It's not considered a mumer for the whole Torah, and Meikar uh, did according to the letter of law. Most poskim don't follow the Magen of Ram over here, and they would say this would not invalidate the the person as a sofer after the fact. Now, again, assuming they, that they have cheskas kashas, but I want to try to uh, I guess conclude 
with a, a very interesting other way of looking at it. Look, the Torah is still supposed to protect us. The Torah is supposed to keep us from sin and the like. So that, would we not say that maybe the fact that the person went off the derech, there might have been a question mark on certain things in their belief or, or the like that they previously had. It's a hard call, but I'll share with you a Gemara in Chagiga on 15b. There it brings the famous Elisha ben Avua, also known as Acher, who, who completely, he was big Talmud Chacham and he went off the derech completely. So there it says, the Gemara asks, what happened to him? Why did he go off the derech? And so the Gemara says there previously that there was tina, there was some sort of mud in his heart. Him and some of the other Talmud Chacham that went off the way. So the Gemara says, what, why did, what, what made Acher, before he went completely off, what, was, what were the signs that he had? So the Gemara says there, there was Greek tunes that never ceased from his mouth. He would sing maybe non-Jewish songs. Rashi has a different interpretation, but that's how the Masha explains it. And also... Um, another, another thing is that when he would stand up from the base medrash, many sifrei minim noishim uh, would, would fall out of his lap. He was reading heretical uh, you know, books of, um, of Greek and heresy and the like, and they would fall out of his lap. So he had a connection to these things. And eventually he went off the way completely, but he was a little bit involved in things he shouldn't have been involved before that. So it doesn't happen overnight. People don't just necessarily overnight, oh, became not religious. Generally, there was something they weren't careful about, and that's what led to it. I will just uh, say that, you know, we, we, we have to be careful. You know, we, we're in the worst, I think, generation. You know, if you talk about previous generations, we're in, a, we're in a place where children, adults, are exposed to all types of bad things, and even without any intention. And we have to be careful with the Internet. And you have to ask yourself, or yourself or the like, what do you do to protect yourself from potential immoral technology danger? Um, it's a question that everyone should have some sort of an answer that they can provide. What do they do? Because even people who are good, we, there's no person who can't, uh, that is Yetzirah proof, as they say. So we have to, we have to be careful on that. And um, I'll, I guess we'll conclude with the following. The conclusion I would say on this question is that every question needs to be judged on a case-by-case basis by the basin. If one had a question that Mark that came out on a sofa that was, you know, I don't know, living with a non-Jew at some point, and, and before that, it, this didn't happen, would we question his previous Torahs that he wrote, or, or the like, it should never happen, but it's happened before. <laughs> so the question is, what we do? So it, really, it would have to be judged by a basin. They would have to get the information the laws to invalidate someone is found in mainly in the laws of Edus, testimony. Generally, you need two witnesses, two kosher witnesses to testify. There's, there's various rules that apply how to invalidate someone. But also, we have to see, did they have a cheskes kashas the whole time or not? Were they only that they did something for their own you know, personal, personal pleasure, but not to spitefully damage other people or the spiritual, behavior, uh, spiritual protection, um, the spiritual uh, laws of the mezuzah or the tefillin? Those are things that we would have to look at. And we also, um, there is ample room to say that even if the Bastin would say that post facto, the previous stuff that he wrote is going to be kosher, because we could say it's only now that the problem developed, that doesn't mean that there isn't room for people who want to be stringent on themselves initially, that they wouldn't want to use this stum, even if the Tavara some of someone who later became not religious or the like, even if there is room to say it's kosher, but they, if a person wants to just be stringent for themselves, they have room to do so. And in fact, that's brought down 
from the Sheva Talevi that I mentioned before in volume 7, one, uh, uh, Tshuva 165, that, you know, if a person sees that there was decent evidence of, of problems that occurred and they don't know at what point it occurred and they want to be stringent, maybe, maybe there was, maybe there was an issue beforehand that existed by this person. They don't want to use it for themselves. They, they have room to be stringent. However, I guess that's where we should overly stress that beforehand, you have to make sure that the sofer has your shamayim, and to avoid these questions, we should ensure that a sofer learns Torah, he learns Musa, whatever he learns that gives him that fear of heaven, in addition to knowing halacha, knowing laws of, of safras and the like. And also, what does he do to protect himself from, you know, dangers out there spiritually that exist in society and in technology as well? We should only have good news.